everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart Bell here, and today we've got another great episode. It's talking with Eric Thompson. Eric, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, doing great. Thanks so much, Stuart, for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem at all. This is going to be a good episode. I'm excited because I've seen the process of the book coming through so far, so I know a little bit of the background, but we haven't had a chance to talk. So why don't you do an introduction for everyone listening and for me outside of the context of the book? Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate it. So I'm a real estate coach. This is my 30th year in real estate. Started like pretty much fresh out of college back in the day. I'm a Colorado native, live in Colorado with my amazing family, my wife and, and two kids. And yeah, I've, different things I've done in real estate. I've been a real estate agent, been in management, been in leadership, actually owned a real estate brokerage. But all, all along, what I've loved to do is coach agents to help them be successful have more happy clients, have a more fulfilling career is what I focus on. And yeah, and so that that's what the book is really about. I was in Breckenridge a few weeks ago and had first-hand experience for the first time of the Colorado effect of everyone, no matter whether they're kind of 26 or 96, all looks like they're 30. You're kind of keeping that tradition going of, of their outdoor life as serving people well. People who use the agency you work with in the past and the clients you work with, is that mainly centered around Colorado or is that across the country? Across the country. And now I'm lucky enough to have clients and people subscribing to my membership program from now I can say I'm international. I have clients in Canada, but yeah, I've been able to spread what I do from coast to coast, you know, every time zone in the continental US and now Canada. And so, yeah, it's really, it's a fun part of what I do and really a such a benefit of technology, right? That that right. Can, I'm able to reach out and help and interact with and connect with people all over the place. So it's that's been really fun. It's such a difference, isn't it? Even in the last couple of years, I mean, the real estate that we've worked with all the way on the bleeding edge of technology, but the advancement in the last three years, kind of pandemic-driven remote working, it really has accelerated the conversation. And I think it's created such an opportunity, both for you as a as a coach of remote remote agents, but also the agents themselves when they're trying to deal with an increasingly younger group of of buying and selling clients, just that being forced to kind of adopt even a, a low level of technology just is such an amplifier. Do you see that in the clients that you're working with, kind of their adoption of technology as they don't see it as like a big barrier anymore? It's just another thing to deal with. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the one of the benefits of COVID. Not that we would have wished COVID on, on it, but you know, Zoom is very normal now. So it's one of the best things that ever happened to the coaching industry, and in that Zoom is normal. And it's one of the best things that's ever happened to real estate agents, in that you're talking to and working with a client who's relocating from another part of the country or another part of the world to your location. It's such a better way to build a relationship uh, with someone and get to know them when you can see them too. So um, yeah, absolutely. It's been a, an amazing benefit. I think maybe for the, well, anyone in business really, but realtors particularly, because there is that kind of last mile element of at some point, it does get very personal, but to try and bridge the technology into it so that it's as fast and efficient and as effective as possible. Because at the end of the day, people are used to signing up and clicking one click on their phone to have things completed and not necessarily the reams and reams of paperwork that traditionally go along with real estate. But keeping that right balance of still the personal connection, but being facilitated by the technology, 
it's it bridges the best of both worlds and i think for people who adopt that and, and rather than a resistant to it just opens up more opportunities absolutely and related to that one of the best features of zoom or uh, things like zoom is screen share uh so when you're coaching uh when you have a conversation piece on the screen have their business plan have their goal uh, tool I use in coaching is a scorecard when you, can, when you can have that on the screen to be able to talk about that. And then when an agent is talking to a client to have something like the seller process or the buyer process or something about the market, you know, market statistics, graphs, to be able to share that on the screen. One of my favorite expressions is showing is better than telling. And right. so when you can use the visuals along with the conversation, it's a really effective way to use Zoom or things like Zoom. I think almost as well, it's for the agents, it's almost more of a captive audience rather than going and doing a presentation in someone's home where they might be distracted by other things going on, or you kind of feel the pressure of having to flick through the material pretty quick and not necessarily dwell on something. But in a Zoom environment, you're always going into it with a estimate of how much time you've got because someone books an appointment for a period of time. And knowing that you can take the time to highlight this particular piece it's almost in some ways more effective than being in someone's home where i think there is somewhat of a pressure to flip through things and, and get to the end yes yeah completely agree and, and you can control what they're looking at and you right. can keep them from flipping ahead right. <laughs> so yeah yeah that's it's... an interesting one you feel a little bit rude of turning the page back on someone and saying no not yet not yet yes the clients that you work with then in the coaching business it's funny i'm sure you hear it all the time but the kind of ah but my market's different type excuse from people who are kind of resistant or reluctant to get started bridging out into wider than colorado and then wider than the us is there any elements of of kind of bringing people on on board and up to speed and enthusiastically getting them to the point of saying yes this is right for me how's that developed as the footprints developed wider over the years yeah, you know, every market has its own nuances, of course. And, and I do a lot of work actually in resort markets. Uh, resort okay. markets have their own nuances. But what, what's consistent, I found, and this actually relates to the book that I found is that a common obstacle, a common challenge for the real estate agent. Like the thing that I've found to be most effective to help them with and fix is a fear of being pushy. So regardless of what market they're in, a primary market, resort market, a big city, a small town, it's what's consistent, what's always the same is that the realtor has some aversion, some fear of being pushy and salesy and corny and used car salesperson. You know, they they don't (laughs) want to be that way. And, And the reason why they don't want to be that way is because they're a nice person, right? They're a nice, normal person with a really great personality. They have really great relationships. They have a great reputation. And they don't want to mess any of that up, right? They don't want to, they don't want to change the relationship they have with their friends. They don't want to negatively impact their reputation. So what I figured out is that's really the thing that I, I can help with. And that's commonly the place I start with people and have like my whole program is really developed first around that. Let's first overcome that and then get you on your way to having more clients to help. It's interesting, isn't it? A lot of people are interested in the tactics or specific things, but quite often it's an underlying block or something that's preventing them from, even if you gave all the tactics and techniques, it's still an underlying psychological or, or perspective issue. the real hold back. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned always. that translates into the book. So the book is Happy Clients Without Being Pushy. I've got the, I just realized it's yeah. on the screen. It's the, the non-pushy selling system. 
Thank you. The Hypothalamic yeah. System, which yeah. in and of itself, we talk about titles a lot, but that knowing the audience that it's going to, that title is very much does what it says on the tin. It kind of overcomes some objections just in the title itself. The name of the program, the approach, as you say, developed a little bit, but the name of the program and and then the name of the book, was that something that you had very clearly in mind from the start or did that develop through the process? Well, credit to uh, the help that, that I'm getting, but my mindset going in is that I wanted to call the book Non-Pushy Selling. And uh, the coaching I, I got was, hey, you know what, this is really a system that you're laying out in, in the book. And, and a system is is more attractive to someone than, than just non-pushy selling because people, what system implies is that the system is going to do a lot of the work for you right. and the system is going to work and the system is going to generate the friendly referrals that, that the realtor wants. So that was really good coaching. And so the, you know, the title starts with sell more houses, have more happy clients, the non-pushy selling system. So, you know, it's really like the subtitle is, is in the lead here, yeah. the non-pushy selling system. And um, I, because of my experience in, in, in first noticing that objection and challenge in realtors and then figuring out how to help them with that, I really wanted to, to be known as the non-pushy selling guy, like right. the, the guy that helps people with that exact challenge and the person who can unlock that for the realtor. And so then where my mind went was, well, I need a book, right? I need a book that's that <laughs> it says that. Non, and so again, my thought was non-pushy selling would be the title, but the coaching I got was, you know what, let's make it the non-pushy selling system. It's such a great insight because the whole, it, it's a nuanced difference, but it does communicate the the benefit and the outcome and the solution within that title element. So not that it's just describing a problem, but as you identified, there's, there's elements in here that will get you the results that you want. So this idea of communicating the promise of the outcome in the title itself, or the title and the sub-combination, obviously, yeah, yeah. but that really makes quite a difference. And then it leads into the whole kind of name it and claim it and the strategic coaches registering trademarks type approach of really dialing in and claiming this space as your own. There's lots of sales courses or sales coaches out there, but this particular element, if this resonates with you, then you're the guy to go to. Exactly. Yeah. The feedback and the dialing in of the, the this feeling that people have got of not wanting to be pushy. Was that relatively obvious from the start as soon as you started dealing with people or was that in itself something that developed over time? It took, it for me, it developed over time. Yeah, okay. it was. And I don't remember the exact time it really hit me. And I, it was probably just a slower realization. I don't know if it was like one one big moment, right. but I think it was just over time where you know I've had the great fortune to work with a lot of different real estate agents in a lot of different places, a lot of different markets. And this theme kept coming up. And it kept coming out with brand new agents, with veterans, with high producers, with people who are trying to get to a high level, like in, in different markets, different price points, again, resorts, primary, like it didn't matter. That 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 was the common thing. And people said, you know what? I, I got into real estate because I love helping people. I love working with people. Real estate is intriguing to me. It's a big transaction in someone's life. I, I want to help with that. But right. what they ran into was this super common block of, I don't want to be pushy and salesy. I just don't want to be that person. Is yeah. it always something that someone can overcome? It's always a, 
it's always something that you can reposition it and reframe it so people see it a different way. It's never something that's such a fundamental problem that they can't get over it. Maybe easier yeah. for some than others, but is it something that's always overcome? Yes. What I'm convinced of is that my solution works for everyone. Now, whether they choose to use it or not is, is different, <laughs> but it, it, where I really work to make sure things that I coach and teach can work for any personality because most people are normal, (laughs) you know, have great, you know, just great down to earth personalities. And and what happens in our industry, it's interesting is that uh, a lot of times the the big personalities are showcased and they they have a spotlight on them. You know, the people that are on TV, the millionaire real estate agent and on, you know, those people are great people, but they're not normal. And they're not anyone that someone could copy and emulate and, and try to be like, you know, most people can't be that. And so those people on TV, for example, the, the reason why they're having their success is because of their enormous personality right. and good for them, but that's, it's super that's unique. Tough. And so there's the normal person, the normal personality saying, well, wait a minute, how, how can I be, I can't be that. How can I have that, those kind of results and that success, but I didn't, without that personality. So again, I, I really work to have coaching and training that that can work for normal. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? We talk a lot about the job of work or the product of the book isn't the book itself. We're not trying to sell copies of the book and be, and that's our, our career. We're business owners and the, the product, the outcome is a conversation. And the same with the TV show. The product of the TV show is the TV show. They're, they're kind of self-selecting for personalities. And the social media problem a little bit of it's very self-fulfilling into that extreme end of the spectrum but the reason that it, it has success and traction is because it is the extreme not necessarily the the underlying business it's kind of the the tail wagging the dog rather than the other way around which exactly is the case for most people the people who you work with and the clients that come to you how do they find you at the moment or how do you find them at the moment kind of prior to any book conversation what's been the path to for them knowing about you and, and ultimately raising their hand yeah. So my, my, as I think about my list, it's been generated a lot through public speaking. I've had a great chance to be in front of a bunch of different groups, you know, all realtors, but you know, different paths there. I've had some success with uh, Facebook advertising. I've had success with lead ads yeah. and there, there are other books that, that I've written some like, like smaller, like, like pocket guide kind of yeah. books that I've had as uh, you know, a, a free download. And again, I've had a lot of success through Facebook uh, lead ads doing that. Also uh, webinars, doing uh, free webinars. That, that's been a, a big part of my my lead generation success. So yeah, th- those have been, been the different ways. So probably mostly public speaking and, and Facebook. It's interesting, isn't it? That once you get a message, whether or not it resonates is then a, a separate thing, I guess. But once you get a message that is easy to tie content to, it's easy to record something. There's a webinar that can live around that kind of slightly bigger world. Uh, there's other guides or other people do white papers. Once you've got that seed, once you're known for something, it it does make the whole content creation process a lot easier because you're not going into it wondering every time, what am I going to talk about? You know broadly what I'm going to talk about. And then it's just the specifics for each occasion. Did you find that to be the case as well as you kind of the message got honed in and dialed in, it became easier to create content? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And what's funny is that I think that can be counter. I I think some people may think, well, once I have that topic, then I'm kind of done. And I've talked about that topic. Now I have to jump to a whole new theme, but actually you don't. And I 
And I've, I've had that feedback from clientele as well. What, one example coming to mind is I do some work for an incredible company in, in Lake Tahoe and I do some consulting work with them and a series of training. And I asked the brokerage owner, you know, what should I talk? Is there some specific thing you'd like me to talk about? Is there something new that's on the mind of your realtor, some new challenge? And he just said, Eric, just keep talking about what you've already been talking about. Like <laughs> they like can't that. hear that. They can't hear that enough. So right. yeah, it, it's the, it's the repetition that that's where you get the real value, right? And, and where people really start to get it. And then I, as people, as I got that feedback, I started to think about my own experience and the people that I've learned from, that, like Dean, and like it's yeah, I've heard the same thing, or Dan Sullivan, or you know, on and on, right? I've heard them say that before, but this time they said it in maybe a slightly new way, or I was now in the right place to hear it in the way that I needed and to hear it. So there's nothing. I think sometimes us as we as coaches, content creators, we get fearful of being repetitive or we're kind of averse or we worry about that. And no, I think that just stay with that theme. (laughs) Yeah. I was just saying to someone yesterday that you're the only person who sees all of your content, even your most engaged client or listener out is still only consuming a tenth of what you're putting out there. Even if they're listening to everything, it's in the background and they don't quite hear everything and they'll miss an email here or post there. So it's only you as the creator that sees everything and the other people just see the very small pieces. And as you say, it's not only that you might say in a slightly different way the tenth time you say it, it's that they're in a different place and and ready to hear it, which that element of repetition and and being out in front of people a lot at every opportunity is really the difference maker between just hoping that you happen to intersect with someone at the right point in time versus always presenting those opportunities to intersect whenever is the right point for them. Yes. There's one of the scorecard, the book blueprint scorecard mindsets is this idea of beneficial constraints. So we talk there both in terms of time frame like putting a constraint on it in terms of actually getting it done but also a constraint in terms of the breadth and of of scope because if you're trying to include everything you'll never get around to it it's much easier to create something that's on message but also the other element of it is and again this came up in the conversation yesterday if you try and include everything just in the book well you're kind of hoping that one tool does all of the work which is unlikely the majority of people just skim and and the whether it's 70 pages or 700 pages doesn't really make a meaningful difference having that additional content in the email follow-up sequence or in social media that's referring to the book using the book as the excuse to talk about it all of that downstream stuff and the scope outside of the book, much more effective and efficient than just trying to jam it all in those pages. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let the book be the start right. and then have all the other pieces of content that are queued up as, as follow-up. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. the point that you made, you can say the exact same things in the 10 days of the email afterwards. And hopefully by the 10th day, it will resonate and someone will say, oh, this is what I need. Whereas yes. I just might miss it in the first instance. This idea of scope constraint then, was there anything as you were creating the content and thinking what should and shouldn't be included? Was it easy to stay on message and on target and not run the risk of kind of scope creep? derailing the project a little bit or was there anything that you kind of initially thought you wanted to include but then eventually didn't include 
You know, I d- that wasn't a challenge for me only because I had taught this content live and I've taught it in a webinar. Right. So I had the benefit of where I'd, I had already organized the content. My fear was that there wasn't enough. I'd, and that's probably a common thing with the authors that you come across. Like, well, th- will this turn into enough pages? And will I even be able to talk for 90 minutes? And oh my gosh, like it, it was so smooth. <laughs> tough, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was the process was so seamless. It was so easy. And it, yeah, it, it easily t- took up 90 minutes uh, with no problem. And then, and just, I loved the process in that you said, okay, there, we're going to have nine chapters. And, you know, I do some initial writing and then you create the outline. We have nine cha- chapters and you're just going to talk for 10 minutes on each chapter. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. That's so easy. Like I, I can do that. I can talk about this for 10 minutes. No problem. Yeah. And, you know, prompting with questions. And, and so, it's yeah. funny because so many people get caught up and I guess it's only funny because we've been doing this for 10, 11 years now and you get so used to your own process. You forget that other people things can seem like magic tricks like what you would take as as the base level so i always forget that people typically are coming in thinking about the end product and thinking about writing in like a school exercise or college exercise in the traditional way of doing it which is what traditional publishing is here's some money up front lock yourself in a cabin for six months and i expect to see something finished when you when we let you out but the whole premise around the outline that setup stage before you even think about recording that outline stage is by far the most valuable because it gives it a structure and a framework and a constraints and a roadmap to each individual bite-sized piece that makes the the, the bring together of all the elements so much easier yes it, it was so simple and so brilliant all at the same time and i, I didn't understand the 10 minutes per chapter thing until i was told that it you know i was sent the outline right. Here you go. Here's based on the initial uh, writing that you sent us. Here's the outline, nine chapters. I was like, oh, great. And then for the interview, she said, oh, okay, you're going to talk for 10 minutes for each chapter. And I was like, genius. Now I have a roadmap. And now, you know, that's uh, just an easy way to stay on track. I'm all about frameworks. Yeah. I'm all about outlines, well, making things easy. I'm all about plug and play. So the fact that you gave that to me, I was, it just made me feel so comfortable and relaxed and it was easy. To yeah, flow. That familiar piece. And that ties in with the scorecard as well. Your score, your scorecard for the process itself, giving people tools and techniques, things that they can either, well, both really conceptualize the idea, but then there's a there's an exercise or a, a, a framework or a set of guidelines that they can see themselves progressing or act as reminders that, oh, I'm recognizing this pattern of behavior. Therefore, I know I need to do this piece. When people the book itself obviously is this introduction to the conversation. It's more about setting the scene for what people can do and giving them some pointers rather than the the complete solution. Only if, if nothing else, because the complete solution is bigger than just a book. But this idea of bridging between ideas and tools and tactics, is that something that's developed over the life cycle of the program? And what's the feedback that you get from people who are using the system? Do they appreciate those? tools as much as the ideas or is it more the idea that resonates and then they're kind of figuring it out for themselves they appreciate understanding the concept and then being given this given the solution you know th- this is what we need to overcome 
and this is how this is exactly how you're going to do it. So I think sometimes people can get frustrated with only hearing theory. Like, yeah, that's interesting, but what do I do with that? So I've I've learned the hard way not to do that because I'm I love to teach theory, but I <laughs> figured out to be a good also at giving the specific tactic. And then also, I find that if it's only tactic. And people don't understand how kind of how it fits conceptually or or the reasoning behind it. There's less likely to to implement it. So I, I found that you that you have to do both, right? So it's all right. So here's so how I do it. It's all right. Here's this thing now. I'm pushy selling common objection. This is the problem that it's causing for you. It's keeping you from doing these certain things. And and people say yes, that makes sense. I, I get it. That's true. And then here's how you solve it. So I have a thing in the book called the architecture of help. So this is how you frame up a conversation with someone that can potentially lead to you helping them with their real estate. And it's just, you know, simple four-part framework. And so that that's how I think about it. And that's kind of what I've learned through my coaching and, and teaching. And particularly, I mean, specifically for your example, I think for anyone out there, being able to give people frameworks or acronyms or things that they can easily by understanding where they are in the journey. So they have come across you in some way, either relatively high level in a Facebook ad or relatively more detailed. They might've been on a list for a period of time. Now they're getting to the stage where they want to know more because the problem resonates with them individually. So they're opting in for a copy of the book because they want to start the conversation to resolve this problem. But understanding exactly where they are in the process and giving them enough tools that it makes it feel worthwhile, but either not baiting switching into something else or being too superficial and not really giving valuable information. But it's the perfect blend, frameworks and acronyms and small steps that they can take. It's the perfect blend of positioning it at the right level that this isn't, there, there is a course, there is coaching, there is more stuff further down the track. But at this point, at this time, in this funnel, this is the right information to share with them. It really helps kind of position the right amount of value at the right time that they're developing the relationship and moving forward to towards doing something. Yes, it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, something I learned from, from Frank Kern, and I, I know Dean would 100% align with this, is the best way to demonstrate to someone that you can help them is to help them. And when I learned that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so good. And I'm just going to completely run with that. And and I know, I mean, Dean's whole business, 90 minute books, everything's built on that same philosophy and it, and it so works. So yeah, yeah if you, if I, I found it's, it's really valuable to give someone a quick win. Like you got to get just, if you can get them a quick win and then you, now they have momentum yeah. and progress and that, you know, feels good as the coach, as the, as the trainer, and then you've increased the odds that they want to work with you more. Right. So. Right. Exactly. And that's actually a great bridge into the kind of the back cover and the call to action in the book. So the next steps that people can take after they've kind of read and consumed and they kind of have that certainty that they're in the right, on the right page and going the right direction, bridging people from the content of the book to a next step, you're probably at an advantage maybe to some people listening because you've got quite an established set of attributes there or assets there already, the webinars and the online material and some other supporting material. But what's that transition like? What's the first steps that you want them to take after they've read it? Well, I this is another chance to give credit to, to the process and the coaching that I got because my thinking going in was, okay, I want someone to get the book 
And then I want them to sign up for one of the four or five day challenges or free masterclasses that I do. And because that's, I found recently that's the, that is by far the most effective way for me to market uh, what I do. But the coaching I got was, hey, let's create another little step that in between just to make it really super easy, really non-threatening for the person. They're going to get to know you even more. And so the coaching I got was to create just a, a checklist, of just a one pager on non-pushy conversation starters. And I was like, that's genius. That's so good. So that that that'll be people will hear about my challenges and the masterclasses in, in the book, but th- like the the most prominent next step call to action will be, hey, go to this website to download your just a one pager on non-pushy conversation starters. And then it will be market marketing my masterclasses and, and challenges. Right. And that's so the setup that we have for the back covers, this idea of we're trying to meet meet three groups of people where they are, the tire kickers for want of a nicer term. <laughs> Need to think of a nicer term. But those people who are interested, but they're not interested enough to really raise their hand. So like the just go here for more content. Then there's the people who are kind of ready, know they're in the right place, but aren't quite ready to jump on board with any real commitment yet. And then the the people who are ready, those three groups, it does such a great job of meeting all of the readers where they are, whether they're coming to you from the first time. So they really need a little bit more time to build up that level of credibility or the know, like, and trust in order to take a step. The opportunity at this middle stage to still have an opt-in, to still have people sign up for something, but it seemed very non-committal and very non-threatening. So that's the perfect mix for people who get a copy of the book who haven't downloaded it. So maybe they buy it from Amazon or they're giving it from someone else. You don't know who those people are yet. So that's a very easy way to get them on the list. And then, of course, the people who are ready to go in a more meaningful way to go now. I think for most business owners, that idea, those three groups of people, that's applicable to everyone. In every scenario, 99.9% of the people who have a copy of the book in their hand or on their screen are going to fall into one of those three camps. And it's such an easy way of pacing out the conversation so that you're not trying to immediately go for the sell. Well, it's the non-pushy way of kind of moving people down the track. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great, such a great option. And then that ties nicely into the kind of after the book, beyond the book element of your setup, because then you can introduce them to the whole rest of the world, the regular emails to keep that edutainment going a little bit and build that relationship more, always presenting people the opportunity to take next step. You've already got webinar content and video content and documented type content. So just the fact that the, the book very easily slots into the funnel, either at the front end as the lead magnet to begin with, or even later on the process, someone attends the webinar, they didn't convert, convert immediately. So follow up with them with a copy of the book and say, hey, great to see you on the webinar. We talked a lot about this particular element. We cover that in more detail in chapter three here. So I wanted to get you a copy of the book whenever you're ready, do this piece. It just really sits, the book has an asset, sits so nicely into the funnels that you've got. Set. Yeah. Stuart, that's good coaching. I'm going to make a note of that. I love it as a follow-up. I never, I haven't thought about it as a follow-up piece, but that makes complete sense. Right. And yeah. it's such a, it's so difficult. Jumping back to the, the point you were saying before, like most people are who you're having a conversation with, for, for me and for you, they're at the early stage of the conversation. And there's a lot more 
higher level stuff or more detailed stuff, more nuanced stuff that you could go into. But the reality is we really, we need to get past this hurdle first. So we we spend so much of our time talking about this stuff. But the fact that the book now exists and you've been a client for a period of time and you're already kind of three or four steps down the track. So now we can have these conversations about the more nuanced piece. But you can imagine a it's like a two di- three-dimensional chess game of here's all of the assets that you've got and here's some of the big battleship type assets and here's some of the smaller assets. But these big ones, they can really be used in multiple different contexts mm in different pieces of the funnel. And because it's the same subject, they're really just building on each other to the webinar reinforces the book, the book reinforces the webinar, the emails can talk about either of them and just drop into bits of the conversation. The social media posts can use it as a a thing in the background of the image. So you kind of got it there, kind of subtly reminding people that it exists. Now that you've created it, now the fun starts because you get to plug it into all of these different places. Yes, yes. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. You get, it's easy to get excited about it. Yeah. And, and rightly so, I think, because it is something, the whole purpose of the company that we started was to kind of democratize this process of everyone thinks about a traditional book or a bestseller and all of this kind of million dollar listing nonsense end of the spectrum, which for most people is, I mean, if any of that happened, then great. It's not a bad thing, but it's an irrelevant distraction to the real job of work of getting it out there and having it as the opportunity to use it when you go speaking at an event to be able to give a copy of the book, it's just a an increase. If other organizations, other businesses where they might do a lot of face-to-face selling, the fact that you can walk in, or even the agents, I mean, you can imagine a complete tangent now, but you can imagine writing, you writing for your agency, you coach, book that allows them to demonstrate their expertise or their approach to, this is my approach to non-pushy sales non-pushy real estate because everyone on both sides of the transaction doesn't almost is reluctant to open the door because they don't want to be hit in the face by someone being pushy but i'm going to sell your house through a non-pushy approach and as part of the package that we're doing the listing presentation here's the non-pushy book the fact that exists and the fact that it exists in physical format and the fact that someone's giving it to someone else the fact that it's sharing more value there's just so many opportunities Absolutely. Detached from whether it's a bestseller, whether it's this big versus this big, or all of the traditional elements that just don't move the needle as much as some other stuff. Right. Exactly. I yeah. I just wanted to be known as the non-pushy selling guy. I just I wanted, and so I knew the way to do that was to have a book. And I've I was lucky in that I've I had experience having a book before, and I so I know what it's like when you hand someone a book here's a book that I wrote and it just, they're blown away. People are blown away in a very good way. They, they always say, oh, you wrote this? Oh my God, you wrote this book? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that book. And so if anyone listening needs some inspiration to, to do this, you know, write the book, like there's do it because there's nothing like handing someone or emailing them a book and telling them that you wrote it it blows their mind and they and your credibility just goes through through the roof yeah it's funny i like to say we've been doing this for 10 10 years now 10 11 years now time goes fast and almost from the start all the way through we've described the company as a women marketing company we're not a publishing company we just coincidentally stumbled on the fact that books are the most effective way to capture leads in the first place and then convert leads over time but even from the start it, there was still a feeling of 
the the magic of this is going to wear off. This is a point in time where a book has an outsized credibility impact compared with the effort that we know it takes to create it because there is effort, but it's a relatively known quantity. But even 10 years later, that effect, there was a podcast that will probably be maybe five before this one, a podcast with Paul Ross. He said exactly the same thing. So he's a podiatrist. He's written a couple of books. The latest one was My Damn Toe Hurts. <laughs> Such a funny title. But he was saying exactly the same. He'll have people come into the office sometimes with the copy of the book and will quote back to him the things that he said or they'll come into the office and not know that he's the actual doctor they'll be seeing and they'll say oh i've read your book you're the person that wrote the book so that same experience that you've had is across the board and it's definitely something that is makes the whole project it's the cream on the top of the project if that didn't happen it would still be worthwhile doing but the fact that it does happen is kind of an, an intangible boost that's almost difficult to quantify but it definitely puts a glow around the whole thing and yes yeah, it, it's quite magical it is magical yeah i learned from a gentleman named adam witty several years ago that if we all want to be an authority on a topic and the way to be an authority is to be an author Right. Like the, the root word of authority is author. And that just really hit home for me. And, and again, I've watched it happen right. firsthand. I, I wrote a book called the, the Real Estate Agent's Guide to Getting Your Act Together. And so it's just a, <laughs> it's a fun book to hand people. And again, they're just, they, they always say, wait, you you wrote this? Then you almost become like a celebrity. So it's <laughs> Right, fun. yeah. On the one hand, it's kind of, it makes you kind of perk up a little bit and think, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. And then on the other hand, you're thinking, yeah, I did. Why is that so unbelievable? <laughs> right. This is what I love about doing these podcasts with people because it really gets the real stories out and the we can say it to people, but it's not the same as hearing it firsthand from people. And regardless of whether people work with us or do it by themselves or, or work with someone else, the opportunity that people have got to get this asset out there and the fact that it's so disproportionately benefit compared with the time and money and, and investment into doing it, it's one of the, I truly believe it's one of the best things that you can do because it's just got so much, there's so many opportunities to leverage it. Um, yes. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. My pleasure. Um, I want to make sure that people got opportunity to follow along with your journey a little bit more and get a copy of the book and find out uh, more about what you do. So what's a great place for people to go to, to follow the Eric story and keep abreast of what's going on? So they can get the book and I'm expecting the book will be be ready on this website by the time this is public. Right. Nonpushysellingbook.com. By the way, I was really excited to get that URL. Um, Nonpushysellingbook.com. And then my website is inspireperformprofit.com. Inspireperformprofit.com. More about me. And then that's also where people can find out about the, the masterclasses and, and challenges that I do uh, for free for realtors. So that's input.com. Fantastic. And there's a wealth of information over there. So I definitely recommend people check that out. We'll make sure we put the links in the show notes as well. So if people are on the move and miss that, then just look for the link either in the podcast player or on the website where the episode is up. We'll put links straight to those places. Great. Eric, it's been fantastic. I know the book's just about to come out. So this podcast is, I think we're maybe 10 days or so away from releasing this. So there's a deadline on getting the, the website up. It'll be great to check back in in six, seven months and then see how it's been going and just feedback with people what the what the response has been and what the lessons have been and maybe some of the marketing campaigns that you've done with the book once it's been created. Check back in and see how that's gone. 
I'd be happy to, more than happy to. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks again for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Everyone, as always, thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks so much.